0: Hello, if there's anyone listening, let's take a deep breath. (sighs) Nothing really matters. I'm going to lay down on the floor because my back hurts and I think it might help. been finding it more difficult to record these podcasts now that I've switched my sleep schedule back on my days off, because there's just like, I get distracted by everything else that I could be doing, mostly like, mostly cleaning and chores and organizing, but we'll see what happens. Today, I'm going to be looking at the Wikipedia page for the country of Norway. And Norway is a Nordic country in Northern Europe whose mainland territory comprises the western and northernmost portion of the Scandinavian Peninsula. The remote Arctic island of Jan Mayen, or is it Jan Mayen, in the Arctic. And the archipelago of Svalbard, also form part of Norway. Um, Bouvet Island, located in the sub-Antarctic, is a dependency of Norway. Not sure what that means. It also lays claim claims to the Antarctic territories of Peter the First Island. Is that what that is? And Queen Maud Island. see what else we got here. Um, some stuff about monarchs, etymology, uh, could be, okay, yeah. The English name Norway comes from the Old English, um, and I should know this, but, because uh, I studied it. And I recognize that character, I just forget how you pronounce it. Nor... I forget how you pronounce that character. Nor something wedge. Mentioned in 880. (laughs) 880. Meaning Northern Way, or Way Leading to the North. Which is how the Anglo-Saxons referred uh, to the coastline of Atlantic Norway. Um, similar to leading uh, to a leading theory about the origin of the Norwegian language name. Okay, okay. We don't need to read all that detail about the etymology, geography. Nor Norway's core territory comprises. The western and northernmost portion of the Scandinavian Peninsula, the remote island of Jan Mayen, and the archipelago of Svalbard are also part of the Kingdom of Norway. The Antarctic Peter I Island and the subantarctic antarctic Island Dependent territories and thus not considered part of the kingdom. Okay, I don't. Okay, so what does that mean? Dependent territories? Um, uninhabited? Good. I to Dependent territory is that it does not. Possess full political independence or sovereignty as a sovereign state, yet remains politically outside the controlling state's integral area. Okay, but what's the difference between that and a colony? I don't know, but I'm not going to look into it. Um, let's see. And, okay. And, uh, where am I? Uh, but I don't, okay, wait. I just, okay. <laughs> it's hard to find your way back sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, dependent territories, and that's not considered part of the kingdom. Norway also lays claim to a section of Antarctica known as Queen Maud Island. From the Middle Ages to 1814, Norway was part of the Danish Kingdom. Okay. Norwegian uh, possessions in the North Atlantic, Faroe Islands, Greenland, and Iceland remained Danish when Norway was passed to Sweden at the Treaty of Kiel. Norway also comprised Bohuslän. that's probably not how you pronounce that, until 1658, and Shetland and Harvdalen until 1645, Shetland and Orkney until 1468, and the Hebrides and Isle of Man until the Treaty of Perth in 1266. Norway comprises the western and northernmost part of Scandinavia in northern Europe. Norway lies between latitudes of 57 degrees and 81 degrees north and longitudes of 4 degrees and 32 degrees east. Norway is the northernmost of the Nordic countries, and if Svalbard is included, also the easternmost. Um interesting. Um Norway includes the northernmost point of the European mainland, the rugged coastline. The rugged coastline is broken by huge uh, fjords and thousands of islands. The coastal baseline is 2,532 kilometers. The coastline of the mainland including fjord stretches Stretches 28, including fjords Stretches 28,953 kilometers When islands are included, the coastline has been estimated to 100,000 Yeah, 100,915 kilometers Okay, share support with Sweden Russia and Finland, to the north, west, and south, Norway is bordered by the Barents Sea, the Norwegian Sea, the North Sea, and Skagerrak. the Scandinavian mountains, form much of the border with Sweden. Um, Yeah, much of the country is dominated by mountainous or high terrain with a great variety of natural features caused by prehistoric glaciers and varied topography. The most noticeable of these are the fjords, deep grooves cut into the land flooded by the sea following the end of the Ice Age. Sognefjorden is the world's second deepest fjord and the world longest at 204 kilometers. Horn- Hornendals net is the deepest lake in all Europe. Oh, cool. Norway has about 400,000 lakes. There are 200, 239,057 registered islands. Holy moly. Permafrost can be found all year in the higher mountain areas, and in the interior interior of Finnmark County. Numerous glaciers are found in Norway. The land is mostly made of hard granite and gneiss. I don't know what that is—gneiss rock—but slate, sandstone, and limestone are also common and the lowest lowest elevations contain marine deposits. Because of the Gulf Stream and prevailing westerlies, Norway experiences higher temperatures and more precipitation than expected at such northern latitudes, especially along the coast. The mainland experiences four distinct seasons, with colder winters and less precipitation inland, the northernmost part has a mostly maritime subarctic climate, while Svalbard has an Arctic tundra climate. Because of the large latitudinal range of the country and the varied topography and climate, Norway has a larger number of different habitats than mo- almost any other European country. There are approximately um sixty thousand species in Norway and adjacent waters, excluding bacteria and viruses. The Norwegian Shelf large mar- marine ecosystem is considered um highly productive. Okay. <sighs> oh my god my cats are in the same shelf of the cat tree. You guys, that's inappropriate. Okay. Climate. The southern and western parts of Norway, fully exposed to Atlantic storm fronts experience more precipitation and have milder winters in the eastern and far northern parts. Areas to the east of the coastal mountains are in a rain shadow and have lower rain and snow totals than the west. The lowlands around Oslo have the warmest summers, but also cold weather and snow in the wintertime. The sunniest weather is along the south coast, sometimes even the coast far north can be very sunny. The sunniest month with 430 sun hours uh, was recorded in Tromso. Again, probably not how you pronounce that. Because of Norway's high latitude, there are large seasonal variations in daylight. Hmm. From late May to late July, the sun never completely descends beneath the horizon in areas north of the Arctic Circle, hence Norway's description as the land of the midnight sun. And the rest of the country experiences up to 20 hours of daylight per day. Conversely, from late November to late January, the sun never rises above the horizon in in the north. And daylight hours are very short in the rest of the country the coastal climate of Norway is exceptionally mild compared with areas on similar latitudes elsewhere in the world with the Gulf Stream passing directly offshore the northern areas of the Atlantic coast continuously warming the region in the winter temperature anomalies found in coastal locations are exceptional with Rost and Veyroy definitely not how you pronounce those things lacking a meteorological winter in spite of being north of the Arctic Circle. The northernmost coast of Norway would thus be ice-covered in winter if not for the Gulf Stream. Norway east of the mountain Chan uh, the mountain Chan, what's a Chan? Um, like Oslo, as more of a continental climate. The mountain ranges f- have subarctic and tundra climates. There's also higher rainfall in areas exposed to the Atlantic such as Bergen. Oslo in comparison is drier, being in a rain shadow from the re- westerlies. Skiak in Oppland country is one of the driest places with 278 milliliters precipitation annually. Finnmark's Vida and some interior valleys of Troms and Nordland receive around 300 millimeters annually. Longyearbyen, or Biden, got American politics on my mind apparently. Longyearbyen um, is the driest place in Norway with 190 millimeters. Parts of southeastern Norway, including parts of Miosa? That's probably not, yeah. Have a humid continental climate. Um, Copen, uh, Copen, wait, that's a link, but that's not a link, so I don't know what that, it's D, it says DFB, but it's not all capitalized, so it might not be, um, an acronym, but, uh, it's not Part of the link for Copen, so it's not a part of that name, so I don't know what that means. Uh, while the southern western coasts and also the coast north to Bodo have an oceanic climate, um, while the outer coast further north almost to North Cape have a subpolar oceanic climate. That sentence was weirdly constructed. Further inland in the south and at higher altitudes, and also in the most of northern Norway, the subarctic climate dominates. A small strip of land along the coast east of North Cape earlier had um, tundra, alpine, po- and polar climate, but this is mostly gone with the updated 1991-2020 to 2020 climate normals. Making this also subarctic. Large parts of Norway are covered by mountains and high altitude plateaus, and about one third of the land is above the tree line and thus um, exhibit tundra, alpine, and polar climate also. Mm, biodiversity. The total number of. Oops, I just clicked on the link for the Scandinavian montane birch forest and grasslands, which sounds interesting. However, Um, it was an accident and I meant to just continue reading about biodiversity. The total number number of species include 16,000 species of insects, probably 4,000 more species yet to be described described. Oh, 20,000 species of algae 1,800 species of lichen 1,050 species of mosses 2,800 species of vascular plants up to 7,000 species of fungi 450 species of birds 250 species nesting in Norway 90 species of mammals 45 freshwater species of fish 150 saltwater species of fish, 1,000 species of freshwater invertebrates, and 3,500 species of saltwater invertebrates. About 40,000 of these species have been described by science. The red list of 2010 encompasses 4,599 species. Norway contains five terrestrial ecoregions, sarmatic mixed forests, Scandinavian coastal conifer forests, Scandinavian and Russian tega, Kola Peninsula tundra, and Scandinavian montane birch forest and grasslands, which is the link I accidentally clicked. I'm just going to make sure this is still okay. Mm. 17 species are listed mainly because they are endangered on a global scale, such as the European beaver. Even in the if the population in Norway is not seen as endangered. Okay, well, that's good on Norway then. Um, the largest predator in Norwegian waters is the sperm whale, and the largest fish is the basking shark. The largest predator on land is the polar bear, while the brown bear is the largest predator on the Norwegian mainland. The largest land animal on the mainland is the elk. Um, American English is it says American English colon moose. So are an elk and a moose the same thing? I don't believe so. Um, because I remember being being told that well. That most people think that the animal on the Canadian Quarter is a moose, it's actually an elk. So, um, I'm not sure why this says that. Um, The elk in Norway is known for its size and strength, and is often called yeah, I have no idea, Um, but it means king of the forest. Imagine if you just had to do whatever an elk said, like you'd just be going about your normal business, but like if an elk walked in and told you to do something, you'd just have to do it because they're the king of the forest. If an elk, I, if an elk ever gives me an instruction, I will follow it if possible. Um, attractive and dramatic scenery and landscape are found throughout Norway. This is in the environment section. The west coast of northern Norway and the coast of northern Norway present some of the most visually impressive coastal sceneries in the world. National Geographic has listed the Norwegian fjords as the world's top tourist attraction. The country is also home to the natural phenomena of the midnight sun during summer as well as the aurora Aurora borealis Known also as the Northern Lights, the 2016 Environmental Performance Index from Yale University, Columbia University, and the World Economic Forum put Norway in 17th place, immediately below Croatia and Switzerland. The index is based on environmental risks to human health, habitat loss, and changes in CO2 in the Atlantic. So, Norway has some um, improvements that they could make in regards to their environmentalism, maybe. But probably isn't as bad as other places. Um, I don't really know what to make of these numbers, actually, because I um, I don't really know what scale we're looking at. Uh, I don't have a good sense of... It. Yeah. Um, so, Norway sounds like a pretty cool country, but very cold. Um, I've got some pictures here of animals, like the Arctic fox, and something called a muskox that looks kind of like, um, a bison, so maybe they're related. Um, I'm also going to look at the wikipedia page for estonia yeah oh their flag is interesting i mean like it's not in a way it it, like it's not really interesting but like the colors are um it's it, it doesn't look like like those colors are not really um, colors that I think you see together often in a flag. Or maybe it's just the fact that there's black on it. There's um, a blue stripe, a black stripe, and a white stripe. And it just looks very interesting. You know what it reminds me of is the color of a blue jay. The colors that a blue jay's feathers have. That's what it reminds me of. Um, So let's look at the Wikipedia page here. Um, it's officially called the Republic of Estonia. It is a country in Northern Europe. It is bordered to the north by the Gulf of Finland, across from Finland uh, to the west by the Baltic Sea, um, across, and across from... Wait. It, okay, let me reread that because I read it with the wrong emphasis. It is bordered to the north by the Gulf of Finland, across from Finland, to the west by the Baltic Sea, across from Sweden, to the south by Latvia, and the east by Lake uh, Papis and Russia. Okay. Geography. Estonia lies on the eastern shores of the Baltic Sea immediately across the Gulf of Finland, on the level northwestern part of the rising East European platform between 57.3 degrees and 59.5 degrees, and 21.5 degrees and 28.1 degrees. Oh, I haven't been reading the directions, that's why it hasn't made any sense. The first two were north, and the second two were east. Average, elevations reach, uh, average elevation reaches only 50 meters, and the country's highest point is in the Sur Muna Maggi in the southeast at 318 meters. Um, uh, the coastline is marked by numerous bays, straits, and inlets. Estonia's number of islands and inlets in the Baltic Sea is estimated at some 2,222 and the country has 2,355 including those in lakes take a drink of water of them are large enough to constitute separate countries. Sarama and huma A small recent cluster of meteorite craters, the largest of which is called uh, Kali, is found on Sarama, Estonia. So, um, these two places constitute separate countries is what it's saying, but they're saying that they're in Estonia, so I don't really understand how that works. Um, yeah, I don't really understand how that works. And also saying that they're large enough to constitute separate countries, um, I don't think that, like, I think a lot of people think that whether or not something is a country has to do with how large it is, but it doesn't appear to be that way to me because, like, in terms of, like, land area, Canada is quite large, and then like, look at like England and Ireland, like, it doesn't really make sense to me that they would say that they're large enough to constitute separate countries. And I've also heard that there have been like very, very small areas that have technically been called countries because they somehow got like to be a sovereign country or something. Like, I don't really know. Maybe that was just a weird thing I read somewhere, but... Anywho. Estonia has over a 1,400 lakes. Most are very small, with the largest being a papis... Oh, Lake Papis. Um, being 3,555 kilometers squared. There are many rivers in the country. The longest of them is... Bohendu. 162 kilometers long. Ah. Uh, okay, There's they're going to list multiple here, but I can't really pronounce them. Some... Yeah. Estonia has numerous fens and bogs. Forest land covers 50% of Estonia. Oh, cool. The most common tree species are pine, spruce, and perch. Phyto, Phytogeographically, geographically Estonia is shared between the Central European and Eastern European provinces of the Circumboreal region within the Boreal Kingdom. According to the WWF, the territory of Estonia belongs to the eco-region of uh, Sarmatic mixed forests. Uh, Estonia is situated in the northern part of the temperate climate zone and in the transition zone between maritime and continental climate the climate is more continental in the eastern part of the country and more maritime in the western part especially on the inlands or islands sorry estonia has four seasons of near equal length average temperatures range from 17.8 degrees celsius on the inlands to 18.4 degrees celsius inland in july the warmest month, and, uh, oh, and then in July, the, oh, July is the warmest month, is what they're saying, and February is the coldest. Um, annual average precipitation is 662 millimeters, um, and the average for the year is, uh, 1,829.6 hours of sunshine. Oh, okay, the average sun. Okay. That's a weird way to phrase that. The duration of sunshine is highest in coastal areas and lowest inland in northern Estonia. There's a photo here of a really beautiful-looking bird, which apparently is uh, the barn swallow. It's blue and has... Um, uh, red uh, under its chin uh, when, I, when I hear the, word, the name barn swallow it doesn't really bring to mind something particularly colorful but this bird looks very colorful um, so on that note uh, biodiversity in Estonia Uh, Many species extinct in most of European countries can still be found in Estonia. Mammals present in Estonia include the gray wolf, lynx, brown bear, red fox, badger, wild boar, moose, red deer, roe deer, beaver, otter, gray seal, and ringed seal. Um, Oh, the critically endangered European mink Has been successfully reintroduced to the island of Hayuma, and the rare Siberian flying squirrel is present in East Estonia. Cool. Introduced um, species such as the Sika deer, raccoon dog, and muskrat can now be found throughout the country. Over 300 bird species have been found in Estonia, including. The white-tailed eagle, lesser-spotted eagle, golden eagle, western, capercaillie, black and white stork, numerous species of owls, waders, geese, and many others. The barn swallow is the national bird of Estonia. Okay, so that's why they chose to have a picture of the barn swallow up top there. Protected areas cover 18% of Estonian land and 26% of its sea territory. There are six national parks, 159 natural reserves, and many other protection areas. It had a 2018 Forest Landscape Integrity Index mean score of 3.5 out of 10, ranking it 152nd globally out of 172 countries. Oh, I would have thought that it would be higher than that if 50% of it is forested, but that just... Shows what I know about the forest landscape integrity index. Uh, oh, I see. Approximately half of Estonia's territory is covered with forests, but in fact, only around one to two percent of it can be considered truly natural old-growth forests. The rest is young and managed. Okay, well, I mean, they're doing their best. Okay. So, I still say that, um, young and managed, for managed forests are better than no forests at all. So, and maybe those will become, one day those will become natural old growth forests, although I suppose, like, in order to be called natural, do they have to have started without the help of humans? I don't know. I would, I would challenge that, because humans are part of nature. Um, so that's about it for the country of Estonia, which also seems like a pretty neat place. Um, I kind of want to see, like, images of it and just get a sense of the landscape. Um, there's a lot of pictures of towns and cities here, which also look pretty cool. Um, let's see. Okay, there's a little, what looks like a, a town in winter and the trees are all covered in frost. Yeah, it's mostly, um, oh, stony nature. Okay, so, yeah, you know, it actually looks a lot like, um, in it, just in terms of, um, landscape. It looks a lot like where I'm from. Uh, but I'm sure that the climate itself is actually quite different. Um, Yep. very cool very very beautiful um pictures of forests and lakes here there's a picture here of a man with um a fancy camera and he's almost completely submerged in the water of what looks like a lake so he's gone almost completely into the lake in order to take a picture of something which is pretty cool um but i hope that he has a change of clothes um, yeah, so, uh, that's about it for Estonia, I think, from for as far as I'm going to explore today. Well, yeah, so I think those are the only two countries I'm going to be looking at this episode, and next episode should be Uh, Maybe Austria and Morocco. Have I already done Germany? I think I may have. Um, And then after that, I'll return to the top and maybe do Canada and the United States just for the heck of it, even though um, I'm from Canada, so Well, I guess that just makes it even more um, boring to read about, and, um, the United States is a place that I feel like everybody has, like, at least some knowledge of, because they produce so much media there, and they're such a powerful country, I guess, um... So I feel like people see a lot of representations of, um, the United States, um, kind of landscape and climate on television, or maybe I just think that because I'm in Canada and we get a lot of, um, media from the United States. So, perhaps that's why. That's my perception. Um, so I was working really hard this morning on creating a meal plan because I, I've been having trouble kind of figuring out what to buy for groceries and keep running out of them. And then, um, yeah, so I think, so I worked out a meal plan to make it easier to decide what to get at the grocery store and, um. Especially because it's at the point now where the baby should be kind of start he should be kind of eating what we eat, basically. Um, and that hasn't been happening much, partly because I'm often too preoccupied with him to cook my own meal until after he goes to sleep. So I just end up feeding him purees and stuff which isn't ideal so uh, I made this meal plan here and I'm hoping that it works out I tried to be realistic for um, the week that I'm off work I decided Monday's gonna be roast chicken and broccoli um, ta- uh, Tuesday is gonna be tacos with avocado Wednesday is gonna be fish and cherry tomatoes is going to- I'm going to try Thursday's to bake a quiche. That might be too ambitious, but, um, I'll try it and see how it works out. Um, I'm not the greatest cook, but quiche seems pretty simple. Um, I- I think I've made it before, actually. Um, Friday is gonna be fish and cauliflower, Saturday, pasta with cheese, and Sunday, um, just like boiled eggs and veggies. I know that's not really a very nice sounding dinner, but um just trying to be simple because I really I I, I dislike cooking. Um but I'm thinking actually now that I may be able to there would be probably um there would be uh, leftovers from from the roast chicken, so I'm thinking maybe we could have that two nights in a row. Um, roast chicken and broccoli. Uh, and then maybe we can make Sunday be um, maybe maybe Sunday can be tacos. Um, and avocado I mean I originally chose to do tacos on Tuesday because like taco Tuesday Um, but the alliteration I don't think improves the taste or nutritional value of the tacos Uh, and then for lunches I know my husband likes to bring frozen dinners to work so, I get him those. I'll, I'll get him some of those. Various sandwiches can be made and leftovers. For snacks, I just wrote fruits and veggies and dip. Um, like, I know some days I'll want something else for a snack, but um, snack foods don't really last very long here, and I don't really want to binge on them, right? I don't want either of us to binge on them. So, uh, I may, if I, if I want something, uh, less nutritious for a snack, I may just have to resort to toast, which is also one of my breakfast options, but again, not the most ideal. It'd be better to have oatmeal or eggs or smoothies with yogurt in them, um, which I like to make and then freeze so that they're easy to eat. Um, so that's, oh, I wrote the wrong thing there, because I was going to, um, okay, smoothie, eggs, and then, um, to my week off breakfasts, I'll add, um, I'll add... Oh, there's commas in between there, which makes it sound like I'm going to have all of those things for breakfast, when I really want to say that I'm going to have those as different options for breakfast, so I'm just going to put slashes there instead. I'm very particular about my punctuation. Um, uh, Okay, and smoothies, slash, slash... Grapefruit. Okay. Um, Perhaps I will do smoothies on my work week for breakfast and grapefruit on my week off for breakfast. But we'll see how that kind of works out. Um, Because... Like I said, the, the, fr- the smoothies can be frozen and then um, thawed out in time for breakfast the next day. But the grapefruit um, is, is quick, obviously, to prepare, but um, I find I kind of need some time to kind of dig out the pieces and um, stuff like that. So uh, I would rather have that on my weeks off than while I'm working. So I will now probably clean out the fridge. Uh and um yeah, make sure it's relatively clean in there and then I'm going to clean the microwave also. And then I may take the bus to the superstore that is by the Dollarama. Um get some groceries and then, or no, first I'll go to the Dollarama and get some bins to go in the fridge, um, to maybe keep things a little bit more organized in there and make things a little bit, um, simpler to access and find, uh, once I do get the groceries. So I'll get some bins at the Dollarama and then I'll go to the grocery store and I will try to get, um... Everything that I have on the list to make the stuff for my work week, um, which is coming up. Um, I think normally I'm going to try and go on Mondays uh, and today's Friday, but um, I potentially have an additional shift that I am taking um, potentially tomorrow evening. So just want to make sure that I get groceries before I start working again. Um, yeah. Okay. So that is what I will do. I'll get like maybe I'll get the, the, the ingredients for the Saturday and Sunday meals um, for my week off or my week off, which is this week, and then I will continue to get um, just the the groceries for my work week. okay, well this has been uh, this has been nothing really matters Um, and nothing continues to matter or there continues to be nothing that matters in particular so with that in mind I hope you have a very peaceful sleep. Good night.